Turn in the Bible to Acts, the book of Acts, chapter 4. In Acts, the fourth chapter, Acts chapter 4, this is the beginning days of the church. The Spirit of God has fallen on the day of Pentecost, and, and then the lame man at the gate called Beautiful has been healed, and the religious leaders got mad and upset, and they call the apostles before their courts, and they threatened them and beat them, and they came back and prayed and said, Lord, help us to do it even stronger, and we're not going to quit, and God shook the very house where they were praying, and then right after that, we're given a summary statement of what was going on throughout the whole church at that time. Acts 4, 33 says, and with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Now this is the main thing we're to emphasize all the time. Jesus is everything. He paid the price. He went to the cross. He died in our place. And he has been raised from the dead. He is alive. Now we are never to let anything eclipse that. Never. With great power, they are giving witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. Say that phrase out loud with me. Great grace was upon them all. Let's say it another time or two. Great grace was upon them all. What was on them? Up on means up on. It's on them. Something was on them. What was on them? Grace and not just grace. Great grace. Say it one more time. Great grace was upon the apostles, preachers, prayers, spiritual ones, them all. From the people, the apostles, to the guy that got saved two days ago. Everybody throughout the whole church. Great grace. Now this is something that was happening when they were in uh, service. It was happening when they were at work. It was happening in their homes. It was happening as they went in and out about their business and daily affairs in the community. Something was on them. Is this real? This is real. The grace of God was on them. Now we're given a descriptor. We're told grace, but then we're giving a descriptor of how much. Now that alone tells you there are varying degrees of grace that can be on you. Elsewise, you wouldn't need to describe it whether it was little or great. You'd just say grace. But no, the Bible reveals there are degrees of grace upon us. In uh, uh, 2 Peter, you have to turn there, but 2 Peter 3.18, it says grow in grace. Well, that means you can have more. James 4.6, James 4.6 says, but he, God, gives what? Well, that means you already had some. But even though you have some, could you have more? This is exciting. He gives more grace. Somebody say, more grace. And here we see in our text, they didn't just have a little grace. They didn't just have a goodly amount. And the, the Greek word translated great here is the word megas. It's where we get our word mega from. Well, mega ain't a dab. (laughs) It ain't a little bit. What's mega? The basic definition of megas is big. Big. Big grace was on them all. Big grace. Megas grace was upon the whole bunch. 
it excites me because why would the Lord have us preaching about this and talking about it? Why? Why? Because it's time for some more grace on me, on you, on this church, on your family. It's time. It's the plan. Oh, God doesn't sit still. He doesn't take us backwards and down. He takes us up. He takes us further into greater, into bigger, into more. Every worthwhile thing that you and I have ever done or accomplished or been a part of was by the grace of God. That's not just a trying to be humble statement. That's reality. That's the truth. You know, Paul said, I labored more abundantly than they all. But then he immediately said, yet not I, but the grace. It was the grace of God. And so the grace of God, what is it? We're going to get into this in some detail today. But the definition that you find in lexicons is that it is the unmerited favor of God. That's true. But that doesn't tell the half of it. Grace is one of the big words, megas words of the New Testament. It's like the, how can you describe the love of God, the life of God, the grace of God? It's huge. It's big, big, big. By grace, we have opportunity. You wouldn't even have the opportunity to know that you needed to be saved if it wasn't for the grace of God. But then grace doesn't end with affording you opportunity. Grace gives you the ability to enter into the opportunity. So you see and realize I'm lost. I need a Savior. I need to be saved. I'm on my way to hell. And then you realize Jesus has already paid the price. You could never realize that except for the grace of God. And then the word that you heard gave you faith to receive it. Come on, can you see it? A confidence arises up in you and you believe that. And you have the confidence to receive it and to take hold and believe that you're washed from your sins. And you've been made righteous and holy by the blood of the Lamb and are on your way to heaven. But I want you to know it was grace before and grace during and grace at the end. It is with your faith, but it's by grace. Through faith. Nothing that we've enjoyed, no good thing came to us that we're able to receive, able to be a part of, able to do except by the grace of God. Do you believe that? Now, think about the good news here. You have operated and done and seen and received what you have up to this point because of the grace that has been on you. What if that grace were increased? 20%. 45%. more grace that you're operating in than you were a few months ago. Twice the grace on you. Ten times the grace on your life that you've ever operated in up to this point. What would that mean to you? How would that affect you? I'll tell you how it would affect you. The things that you have accomplished, but it's been challenging and difficult and struggling, would become easy. Would become effortless. And where you were doing this on a scale of ten, you'd be able to do it on a scale of a hundred. Or a thousand. And the things, here's the exciting part, the things that you have come short in. Areas where you have messed up and fallen, I don't mean once or twice or 10 or 15 times. You've just messed up over and over in that same dumb thing. With enough grace, you can get stronger. You can get free. You can get it behind you. And not fall in it again. 
with enough grace, you can receive any miracle. With enough grace, you can overcome any temptation. You can get free from any addiction. With enough grace, you can be what you're supposed to be in life. As a man, as a woman, as a husband, a wife, a father, a mother, a man of God, a woman of God, with enough grace, you cannot just dream about it. You can become it and be it and do it and run your race and finish your course for God. This will all soon be over, this life, soon and very soon. We ain't got time to mess around and play around. We best get our grace and get busy. Tell your neighbor, say, get your grace and get busy. (laughs) Get your grace and get busy. Because you'll soon be getting out of here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) Go with me to Exodus. The 33rd chapter, please. Exodus 33. How can you know if you believe something or not? If you, if you get in faith about it. You get excited. Every time. Every time. When it's ho-hum. I've heard it before. Okay. It's not faith. It's just mental assent. There's no life in it. That's what you got to watch about. Well, I've been in this Christian way now on 45 years. I've heard it all. I've seen it all. Yeah, but are you excited about it? Because if you're not, you're not doing good. It's all old hat to you. Heard it all, seen it all. Then it's just mental knowledge that you got filed and you're not a doer of it. And it's not expressing itself in your life. Because when you are seeing the living results of this living word on a daily basis. It ain't old hat. It's glory to God. Hallelujah. Here we go again. What's he going to do today? (laughs) Yesterday was something. What's he going to do today? We're going to ask a couple of questions. Relative to the grace of God and believe to answer them from the word. The first one is, what is the grace of God? What is it? And then secondly, how do we get more? How many think we should know the answer to these two questions? No need trying to make it too hard. What is, the same word translated grace is translated favor. What is the favor of God? What is the grace of God? There are definitions like we've already talked about. But you know, I don't want somebody to just explain something to me. I want to experience it. I don't want a technical definition that I can frame and hang on the wall. I want to experience this grace. Like one old preacher said, some things is better felt than felt. And they are. Yes. So what is the favor of God? What is the grace of God? I believe this passage uh, gives us insight into this. In Exodus, the 33rd chapter, Exodus 33, the Lord is upset with his people. He's angry with his people here. Moses had been up in the mount receiving the commandments written in stone with the finger of God in the glory of God. And he's just gone for a month and a half. And in that time, the bunch went crazy. They put pressure on Aaron and he succumbed and they made him a golden calf. They had heard the voice of audible voice of God out of the fire less than two months ago tell them specifically never make any graven images or worship any God. So two, less than two months later, they're making a calf. He was angry with them with just cause. There's no excuse for this kind of stuff. So 
This has happened and Moses now is, God's talking to him about what's going to happen now, seeing as how they've acted like this. Exodus 33 and verse 1. The Lord said to Moses, depart and go up from here. You and the people you brought up out of the land of Egypt. (laughs) It's very... The lack of him claiming them is conspicuous, <laughs> isn't it? He, he, no, he didn't say my people, that bunch you brought out. <laughs> Go on and get them out of here. <laughs> Verse 2, and I will send an angel before you. I'll drive out to Canaanite, Amorite, Hittite, Perizzite, Hivite, Jebusite, like I said, unto a land flowing with milk and honey. For I will not go up in the midst of you. But I'm not going with you. I'll send an angel. I'll make a way in for you like I said. But can you see the Lord is angry with him. He's upset with him. I'm not going with you. He went on to say. You are a stiff necked. That means hard headed. Stubborn rebellious bunch. I may consume you in a moment. If I go with you. So I'm not going. And uh, when the people heard it, they mourned. And uh, skip on down to verse 11. Moses was speaking to the Lord and the Lord to him. said, the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Every time I read that, I think, wow. He obviously did not see the face of the Almighty. Because when he asked to see his glory, he told him he couldn't see his face and live. It's just too much to behold and to take in in your mortal state. But you know, soon and very soon, we're going to be changed. And this mortal is going to put on immortal. Now, come on, think about this. You and I, one of these days, not too long, will be able to stand at the throne of God and look full on at the Father on the throne. And see him in all his glory. There are no words. Right now we couldn't take it. In this condition. Are you looking forward to it friends? Verse 12. Moses said to the Lord. He said see you say to me. Bring up this people. Because he just told him. You take this bunch and get out of here. And go. He said you told me. And you have not let me know. Whom you will send with me. Now, the thing that's bothering him, as it should bother you, is if the Lord said, I ain't going with you. You can see that real plain. He said, who are you going to send? You're not going? And yet you have told me, you told me that you knew me by name, and you told me that I had found grace in your sight. You told me. And see, he is saying, this does not equate that I've got grace, but you ain't going. We'll begin to get insight into what the grace of God is. Verse 13. Now, therefore, Moses says, I pray you, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way that I may know you, that I may find grace in your sight and consider that this nation is your people. They are your bunch. Even though you hadn't claimed them lately. (laughs) They are. Uh, I believe it's the NIV of this verse says it like this. He said, if you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so that I may know you and continue to find favor with you. And remember... That this nation is your people. He said if I do have grace. If I do have favor with you. I need you. I need you to show me. I need you to be with me. Verse 14. So the Lord answers. And is gracious to him. And to them. What did he say? What did he say? My presence. Will go. With you. And I will Give you rest. 
My presence will go with you. And I will give you rest. And Moses went on to say in verse 15. I think he, before this, he probably went, oh, thank God. He said, because if your presence does not go up with us, then do not send us up from here. We don't want to go anywhere without you. Keep reading. He went on to say, for wherein, how will anyone know that you're pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us. The King James says that we have found grace in your sight. How can you ascertain that somebody does have grace and favor? The presence of the Lord with them. What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? What's he saying? What makes us any different? From the ungodly, unsaved people. How can it be seen and known that we are the chosen of the Lord? We are the favored of the Lord. We are the graced of God. It's because your presence is with us. And that's what he was asking the Lord for. No, Lord, no. You told me I had grace. You told me that you favored me. And you can't tell me that you're not going how will anybody think we got any favor and you're not even with us? And we like angels and they're great, but we want you. We want you. You. Oh, friend, this is it. I mean, you could talk about uh, nuances and definitions and this and that, but here's the experience. If the grace of God is on you, the presence of God is with you. Going before you, preparing the way to the presence of God, influencing minds, inclining hearts, making you bright to know, to see, to know what to choose, to know what to do, to cause it to work, to make it easy, to prosper it. And you can all, so you, I mean, it's manifested in a million different ways, but you can sum it up in this, the presence of the Lord. Somebody say the presence. Of the Lord. And any good acceptable thing. That you've been able to accomplish up to this point. Was because of the presence of the Lord. With you. You do understand. That you couldn't get up in the morning. And get your face washed or your hair combed. Without the grace of God. And say, oh I think I could do it alright by myself. No you. No you couldn't. You can't take another breath without the grace of God. If you're, what if your heart stopped beating right now? Boom. No more hair combing. No more dressing. It takes life for the uh, synapses in your brain to be firing all over the place. I mean, what if the life and that chemical, electrical activity just stopped? You couldn't help yourself out of the chair to get out of here today. It'd be over. Lights out. And that's the way it is about every part of creation. It's why the sun is shining today. It's why gravity will keep working. It's why the planet is moving. Come on, are you listening? It's why you can think a thought. It's why your heart can take another beat and you can take another breath. Somebody say, by the grace. By the grace. It is by the grace of God. And there's a lot of people on the planet that don't think so and they don't believe it and they think they're moving on their own power and they're self-made men and they pull themselves up by their own bootstraps, but they're fools. I said fools, fools, because the truth is you wouldn't exist except by the grace of God and it is not just his grace that created us. We are sustained every millisecond. The reason I can keep talking to you and you can sit there and look at me through your eyes and nod your head is because grace, God graced us to exist. Now, if we're making it this good with this much grace, 
We read in John 1 that it is grace upon grace. God layers grace. He can layer a whole nother measure of grace upon us beyond what we've ever experienced. And what will happen is we'll just become more aware than we've ever been aware. And our wisdom will just come up to a whole other place. And we'll just stop fooling with things that waste our time. And we'll be more specific. And we'll be more efficient and proficient. Come on. And not only that, but the Lord preparing our way before us. When we get somewhere, we'll realize he got there before us and already had it set up. And people just look at us and like us and want to help us and don't even know why. And when things go great and wonderful and it gets done, people who don't know him and are natural will want to give you the credit. And they'll try to tell you how smart you were and how good you did. Don't do it. Don't take it. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. It was the grace of God in you and on you and with you. What does that mean? His presence. His presence. Now one of the identifying Marks of his presence is peace. Peace. He said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Scripture said there is no peace to the wicked. And the way of the transgressor is hard. The devil has no peace. There is no peace in hell. The devil can't give any peace. To anybody. I believe it's part of what makes hell hell. No peace. Torment. But. He said you keep. He would keep us in perfect peace. If our mind was stayed on him. When we sense the presence of God. Somebody said man. I, the presence of God was so strong. What, what is that? So many times. Uh, you describe it like this. You just want to slide down your chair and go. Whoo. <laughs> Glory to God. And a word that describes a bunch of it is peace, peace, peace. Somebody say peace. Peace. And when you're graced and when you're more greatly graced, the peace comes up. And you just are not frantic like you used to be. You're not distracted like you used to be. You get up in the morning and you go, glory to God. And you just see a purpose and a line. You need to go this way. And so you do it. And no matter what goes on, it can be turmoil and flapping and stuff around about you. But you're in the eye. You're in the peace. You're in the grace. You're in the zone. The grace zone. The favor zone. Can you say amen? Amen. Now you disobey him. You do stuff you're not supposed to do. You'll get out of the zone. You'll get frantic. You'll get to worrying. Fidgeting. Fumbling. Falling. You with me friends? And it's not his fault. Because he didn't tell you to get out of the grace. He didn't tell you to make the wrong turn. But it is obviously his will for you and I, this whole church, every one of us to begin to experience measures of his favor and grace and presence beyond what we ever have up until this point. Somebody say amen. Amen means so be it. So be it to me. So be it in my life. Hmm. Thank you, Master. Go to Psalm 5, please. Book of Psalms. Psalms 5. God has a wonderful plan. It involves his grace from start to finish. But he's bringing us into the next parts of it. Now, looking back over Phyllis in my life, back when I was a teenager and she, and and back when we were just married, and, and during those years, ignorant, ignorant, of God and and his word and and any of these things. And looking back now, I can see that from the time we first begin to hear the word of his grace, that's a scripture phrase, and the word of faith, 
How many know grace and faith go together? We first begin to hear. I grew up in church, but uh, and thank God for what we did get, but a lot of it was tradition and men's ideas. And that won't minister grace to you. Our faith. A lot of condemnation ministered. And that won't help you. But again, so much of it was people just didn't know. Just didn't, folks telling you what all the best they knew. And thank God for that. Elsewise, you'd have had nothing. But I'm able to look back now and see 30 years ago plus, the Lord had a plan for me and Phyllis to go to Ramo Bible Training Center in Oklahoma. Well, I'd never been much out of the state and must let, didn't know anybody out there, never thought about anything like that. And to develop in faith and ministry from one thing to another to another. And of course, you and I are supposed to meet and all part of the plan. But back then, 30 plus years ago, I didn't have enough faith to get out of town. Did not. Phyllis and me. Man, my, my vision was finish my hot rod, train my dog to catch my frisbee, and ride my motorcycle. That was my vision. It didn't involve you. What does it take to get you out of your little fishbowl? It's not even a fishbowl. It's more like a test tube. It's more like a thimble. What does it take to get you out of that and help you to realize that there's a body of Christ, that there is a world, that there is a great commission, that, hmm? and that God could use you to be a part of it? You don't have to just stand on the sidelines and watch. You can be in the game. You know what it takes to get off the bench and get in the game? Grace. And faith. And they go together. And looking back now, I can see the Lord got to Phyllis and I. The word, we begin to listen to tapes. Had never done such a thing. And we begin to hear teachings and series on being redeemed. And how faith works. And what faith is. And, and how to be led by the Spirit. And all these kind of things. And looking back now, the word of His grace. Well, let me read this. Go to the book of Acts. I believe it's about verse uh, 20 or so. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Ghost. 20 and 32. Acts 20, verse 32. He said, Brethren, I commend you to God. And to what? To the word of what? Is it the word of faith? Yes, it is. It's also the word of his grace, isn't it? We know we're saved by the word of faith. Romans 10 tells us that. But is it also the word of grace? It's not just grace. It's grace and faith. Faith and grace. The word of grace, though, notice particularly, specifically rather, the word of grace is able to do what? And you can see why he didn't call it here the word of faith, which it is the word of faith. But why call it the word of grace? Because grace gives you the opportunity. Grace gives you the ability to even have faith. It's before faith. The word of grace is able to do what? Build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them that are sanctified. And the Lord knew, and I didn't see it, but he knew that in about three years, he was going to tap me and Phyllis on the shoulder and tell us to leave, uh, you know, leave home, leave mom and daddy and leave everything we knew and go out to the Bible school. And, and we didn't have money. And how are you going to do this? And, and it takes faith. But before you can have faith, there's got to be grace. To even come into the knowledge and understanding of it. To even know that you got a call. To even know that you should leave. That you should go. All of this is grace. And looking back now I can see that for three years he put the word of grace into us. And it built us up. 
And it made us able. Come on now. Able to see. Able to hear. Able to embrace a larger vision. Able to believe that God would get to us what we needed to get. We'd get accepted. We'd have the favor. We'd have the money. We'd have a place to live. We'd have a way to go. The word of grace built us up to where we could embrace and receive vision and have faith to accomplish. It has been happening for nearly 10 years in this church right now. Well, nine years in this church right now. What? The word of grace. It's not just so you could take notes and develop a CD or DVD library. Why? It's because we would not have been able to believe it or receive it or believe we could do it or believe we could be a part of it. But the word of God's grace has been and is building us up to get us somewhere. The sister church down there is a part of it. It's all beginning. How many understand? We would not have had enough faith to step out and believe that the, all this money would come in and do this without a congregation or ever having a service down there. How could you believe that? You can't unless God would grace you to believe it and to step out and do it. And then he's done things for, things for us, project after project after project, and this is encouraging us. And we're seeing what the Lord can do. How many think this is the end? This is we, we're about topped out. No. All this has been to get us ready. For the next parts. What are they brother Keith? I don't see them all yet. I'm believing just like you. But I believe this. We'll be ready. By the time we get to it. Our confidence will be there. The word of his grace will have built us up to the place where he can actually share a piece of his vision with us. And we won't just fall off our chairs. Do you believe God could blow you away with his vision? Without trying. He could say, sit down here. I'm going to share with you my plan that I have. For you. And what I want to use you to accomplish and do. And he could begin to unfold it. And just in about 30 minutes you'd go. (laughs) My head hurts Lord. (laughs) What do we say? So the limitation is not with him. And what he can conceive. And what he can see. And what he can do. The challenge. The limitation is what he can get us to see and embrace and believe and do. And the amazing thing is he works through us in the earth. He's chosen to do it that way. So he's got to get us on board. And he is limited by small vision and unbelief and fear. He is. It's just a fact. Don't you remember the scripture talked about Israel? Said they turned and limited the Holy One of Israel. Was it God's vision for them to wander around out there for four decades and die off early and young? Never, never. Never is perfect plan and will. But they couldn't embrace it. They looked at the giants. They looked at the walls. And they just said, it's too big. It's too big. We can't do it. We can't do it. Ain't no way. No how. What is that? No vision. No faith. And that's how you fail. Oh, friend. But if you'll believe him, the word of his grace, come on, the word of his, there's grace. We know faith comes by hearing. But we haven't emphasized this as much as we should. Grace comes by hearing. Come on, say thank you, Lord. Grace comes by, what is grace? Grace is the favor. Grace is the opportunity. Grace is the ability. Grace is the presence and peace of the Almighty. While you're hearing His words, whether it's reading your chapter on a Monday morning, which I urge you to do. Come on now. 
And while you're reading Matthew 1, while you're reading so-and-so begat so-and-so, grace can jump off of a begat. How does he do it? I don't know. He's God. But grace can jump off a begat and get inside of you and help you to do something. And then not even make any sense to your mind. You'll be dumbfounded about something. And then the begat will hit you and you go, Whoa, I can do this. There is no word of God void of power. Every word of God is living and alive and powerful. And yes, faith comes by hearing it. But more than faith. Grace comes. Grace comes. Read it out loud. Read that verse again. Acts. What the verse we just read. What does it say? Brethren, I commend you to God. And to what? To the word of his grace. And this word of grace, what can it do? It is able to build you up. And give you an inheritance. Well, the inheritance is what the Lord bought and paid for and left to us. And it includes everything. Everything that pertains to life and godliness. All spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Everything is in that inheritance. And it's not that the Lord has to buy it or get it for us. He doesn't have to do that. But we've got to have the vision and faith and strength to rise up and appropriate it. Lay hold of it. Walk it out. Receive it. It takes strength to do that. And it takes faith to do that. And it's all in the word of his grace. Somebody say glory to God. When you think you can't, you feel you can't, it looks too big, you feel too small, it seems too hard, quit looking at that and get in the Word. Come on, get in the Word, because what you need to rise up like a giant and beat this thing is in this book. Come on, it's in here. It's in here. The author of the book is in you. He'll guide you to the passage that'll give you the specific strength. And with enough grace, you can do anything. With enough grace, there is no miracle too big or too hard for you to receive. With enough grace, you can overcome any temptation, any addiction, any sin. You can beat it. With enough grace. And what you need to build you up. See, it's weakness of spirit. When a temptation comes and you just fall. The devil just goes, do this. And you go, okay. And you just sin. And just do it and do it. That, that means weak, weak, weak. You didn't even resist. You didn't even try not to do it. You just fell and did it. When you're weak, what do you need? You need something that will put some strength inside you so that you'll get a spiritual backbone. Come on. And when the devil waves a little temptation, you don't just go, okay, okay, I'll do it. But you have enough strength in you that you look and say, no more, no more. No more. I'm not yielding to this. And it's wrong. It's sin. I'm not doing it again. It takes strength. And that strength is in this word. In the word of his grace. It is able. This word of grace is able to build you up. Somebody say this word. Word of grace. Builds me up. Makes me strong. Gives me faith. Gives me strength. Makes me strong. To stand. And not fall. Hallelujah. I can see looking back just past you know three four decades now. How the Lord. Before he told me I want you to do this. He knew I wasn't able to hear it. I couldn't have embraced it. I would have just faded and thought, me, huh? I can't. How? But for years, he put that word into me 
He put, and I didn't realize it, but it was building me up. It, it, it was opening me up. It was giving me eyes that could see something and ears that could hear something. And then when he told me what he wanted me to do, oh yeah, to my natural mind, it seemed challenging. And I still didn't know how with my head, but something else rose up inside of me and said, you can do this. By his grace, you can. And what's the difference from a few years before till now? The word of his grace had built me up, had built Phyllis up to where we could say yes to the will of God. Where we could step out, as Dr. Lillian B. Omens used to say, step out over the aching void with nothing underneath our feet except the word of God. And see God do miracles. We stepped out without a clue, no money, didn't know anybody, and he gave us a place to stay. He paid our tuition, he paid our bills every month, and then it went on from there, and it went up to ministry, and then it went to church buildings and outreaches and mission projects, come on, and he just, how many said, he is not stopping, and it won't go down, and it won't get smaller, it's coming up, it's getting bigger, it's getting greater, and millions! Millions will be affected for the kingdom of God. Somebody say amen. Amen. So be it. Did you find Psalm (laughs) 5? You sure are excited, Brother Keith. I sure am. And glad about it. Psalm 5. Have you learned something about his favor already this morning? What exactly is his favor? If you could use a word, his presence, his presence. And in Psalm 5, notice this, Psalm 5, 11, let all those that put their trust in you do what? Rejoice. Now, faith is a rejoicer. It is. Doubt despairs and is depressed. And sad. No such thing as being in strong faith and being depressed about it. If you're depressed about it, it means you expect a bad outcome. Else why would you be depressed? So you can't be in faith, being depressed about the situation. And you hear people say, folks don't even notice it. They go, well, y'all pray. All we can do now is believe God. Are you believing God? If you were really believing God, would you be so hopeless and depressed? The answer is no. No. And if you trust God, come on, read the verse. Let all those. Who? All All those that put their trust in you, let them do what? Rejoice. Rejoice and let them ever Shout. shout. You hear people say, well, now, Brother Keith, that's just not me. That's, I'm more reserved. I'm, I'm, that's just not me. I, I have, I'm, I'm more, more, is it bound, the word you're looking for? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just not one of those rejoicing, shouting, then you're not a scripture person. Because how many think this scripture's for everybody? For everybody? Is it? Then let them shout for joy. Who? All those that put their trust in the Lord. Rejoice and let them shout. Well, I just, that's not the way I am. Well, you can change. (laughs) And you need to change. You get enough of the life of God in you. You get enough faith of God in you. You'll quit being so mumbly and and wimpy and you'll begin to praise God and you'll do it with some vigor and vim and vitality and you'll just break loose and shout once in a while. And when you do, you'll know you're getting somewhere. Because what people don't realize is through all their their stuff that's holding them back, the enemy's got a cap on them. They're being held down. They're oppressed. They've been that way so long, they don't even see it and notice it. It's wonderful to get free. I said it's wonderful to get free. When you get free, you rejoice, you rejoice, you rejoice. When you get free, you shout, shout. You go, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. 
Hey. Come on now. The world is shouting obscenities and blasphemies to the top of their voice. Why can't we praise him? Don't be intimidated by the confused world. Don't let them tell you how to live and how to be and how to act. Let this Bible tell you how to be and how to live and how to act. And it says, Rejoice and shout for joy because you defend them. Let them also that love your name, let them what? Be joyful in thee. Verse 12. Why? Oh, here's why you can shout and cut up and be happy. Because you, Lord, will bless the righteous. Come on, get this. With favor will you compass him as with a shield. Compass is a circle, is a 360. And you're encircled, you're encompassed with what? Favor. Great grace was upon them all. Now you're beginning to get a picture. Long before Star Trek, God had force fields. You look at what happened when those plagues that came upon Egypt swept through the land. The Bible said in the land of Goshen, it wasn't happening. Well, now, that's like saying it's happening in Missouri and it wasn't happening in Arkansas. You drive to the state line and there's nothing there but a, a political boundary, a sign, welcome to, leaving such. There was a time when it was pitch black dark in the land of Egypt and the sun is shining bright right over here in Goshen. Now, how do you do that? And these killer plagues sweeping through and killing livestock and killing people and terrible storms and devastating and destroying. And in the land of Goshen, peace, nothing was moving its tongue against the people of God and their things. I mean, peace and protection. Why? Because when that stuff would come sweeping through, boom, it would hit something. And it couldn't get in. The devil brought this up about Job, didn't he? He said, God, you put uh, something all around about him, a boundary, a fence. Friends, with favor, he said, you will compass him as with a shield. Say it out loud. The grace of God's on me. The favor of God encompasses me encircles me, covers me like a shield. Hallelujah. It is a shield. It's a shield of grace. It's a shield of favor. It's on us. It's around us. It's in front of us. It's behind us. On both sides. Say glory to God. Skip down to Psalm 16. Just another verse or two in closing here. Psalm 16. What is this grace? What is this favor? It is a heavenly reality. It is not imagination. It is not fiction, fantasy. It's real. It's real. And it is the manifest presence of God. It is the peace of God. It is the protection of God. It's the strength of God giving you faith and coming up in you, holding you up, enabling you to embrace concepts and vision that you never could have reached on your own. And it is the power in you to step out and do it and receive what you could have never begun to do, began to do on your own. What is the grace of God? It's everything we've said and much more we haven't said yet, but it's all you need. His grace is sufficient. Everything you'll ever need to do it is wrapped up in this word called grace. Psalm 16, 11. Here's a word I, I want us to see. Psalm 16, 11. 
said, you will show me the path of life. Isn't that what Moses was asking for? He said, show me your way. In your presence is fullness of joy. Man, that goes right in hand with what we read about that other verse, about them shouting and cutting up and carrying on. Why? Because they were in the favor zone. They were in the grace place. And at your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. The most important thing is not where you live geographically. It's not the state you live in, the city you live in, the county you live in, the apartment you live in, the house you live in, the clothes you live in. That's not what really matters. It's do you live in the grace? Are you living in the grace? In the favor. Look in Psalm 30. Psalm 30. His grace is his presence. And in his presence there's joy. Psalm 30 verse 5. Said his anger endures but for a moment. Does he get mad? He can get mad. If he does there's good reason why. But he told us to be angry and don't sin. And don't let the sun go down on our wrath. He wouldn't tell us do that and then him not do it. Hmm? He gets angry, but he don't stay angry indefinitely. His anger is just for a moment. But in his favor is life. What's in this favor? We see the presence of God. We see the peace of God. And we see life. In his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes. Joy. How many when you get into faith, when you overcome, when you get to victory, you get to joy. And you might have experienced a struggle. You might have shed some tears. You might have had some moments and some thoughts and some feelings. But the word of his grace built you up and gave you faith and you wouldn't quit. And in the midst of the storm, you said, no, we're going over to the other side. Yeah. And it don't storm forever. And it don't stay pitch black forever. The storm goes on and the peace comes and the sun comes up. And in the morning, you're standing there. No more tears. No more sorrow. Joy in the morning. Keep reading. Verse 7. He said, Lord, by your what? By your favor. You have made my mountain. I'm glad he didn't say ain't hill. (laughs) You made my mountain to stand strong. You hid your face and I was troubled, but he he said, you you established me. Let me read in, in the NIV. Verse 5, his favor lasts a lifetime. Verse 7, Lord, when you favored me, you made my mountain stand firm. Amplified, by your favor, O Lord, you established me as strong, as a strong mountain. Complete Jewish, when you showed me favor, Adonai, I was firm as a mighty mountain. Now think about it, friend. He can take unstable, flip, floppy, weak as water, whiny baby failure. And put strength in you and put his word in you and put his faith in you and make you firm as a mountain in the midst of distress. Thank you, Lord. When he does and you stand strong and you stand firm and people look and go, oh man, how strong you are. How can you do this? How can you be so calm? How can you be so sharp? How did you know what to do? How could you? You're amazing. You're amazing. Go, no, 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 no. He is amazing. And what you're noticing is his amazing grace. That's what you're seeing. 
And you can have it too. You can have it. It's available to all who will believe. All who will receive it. Can you say amen? Amen. The BBE in verse 5 says, in his grace there is life. What is the grace of God? It's life. It is life. Stand on your feet, everybody. Thank you, Lord. Oh, praise you, Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.